ACAST. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. With the Baker's Plus Card, it's easy to get lower than low prices. For the win! Earn fuel points on every purchase and save up to a dollar a gallon at the pump. The Baker's Plus Card. All you do is win. Big, big savings. Sign up now at bakersplus.com and start saving. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Bakers, fresh for everyone. Hey guys, it's Jason Zook. Check out our recent interview with special guest Miguel Dean, author of the book, Bring Him Home, A Twin Flame Love Story. Dean's book presents an authentic and vulnerable story into the true power of conscious relationships to heal past trauma. We hope that you enjoy this episode. Thanks again for supporting our show. Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show featuring Jason Zuck. Jason has been an intuitive psychic medium since 2004. This show will cover a variety of topics relating to spirituality, mediumship, self-improvement, and intuitive guidance. Whatever interests you, remember that we are all here to share and learn. Sit back and get ready to socialize with the social psychic. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show. This is Jason Zook. It's with great pleasure that I have the opportunity of bringing on special guest and author Miguel Dean on the show this afternoon for his new book, Bring Him Home. Relationships are the foundation of life. Everything is in a relationship with someone else, and nothing happens in isolation. Yet, the growth in divorce, mental health issues, and the general decline in well-being suggest that the guidance that we have inherited about romantic relationships is incomplete and largely untrue. Miguel Dean, author of Bring Him Home, A Twin Flame Love Story, offers another model of how to navigate the often challenging journey to intimate connection as opposed to settling for the most common relationship model of codependency. Miguel's key message is that the success of a relationship is not dependent on its lasting forever, but the depth of healing and self-growth that takes place, facilitated by the energy of intimate connection. Bring Him Home is a raw, authentic, and vulnerable true story and an unprecedented insight into the true power of conscious relationships heal past trauma. It tells of one person's epic story inspired by the love of an enigmatic woman from the head back to the heart. It's with great pleasure that I welcome Miguel Dean to the show today. Welcome to the show, Miguel. Hello, Jason. Thank you very much, and uh, thank you for the invitation to join you. <laughs> I, I know you're calling in from Europe right now, and I know we're doing this this interview, and I'm so appreciative that you can participate in our in our podcast. I know that um, there's a lot of interesting topics out there, but your topic is definitely something I want to delve into for our for our show and for our audience. And the first question I want to ask you is, what prompted you to write "Bring Him Home"? I would say it was the way I describe it. Really, is that it was just this idea that found me. It, you know, the, the 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 thought arose in my mind, and it was like you need to write this book. You need to write a book about this experience, about, you know, what's happened. Because I've known for a long time that vulnerability is is really powerful. Uh, I've also known for a long time that the current, modern, uh, the current model of masculinity is uh, perhaps, shall we say, lacking to, to some extent. And so <laughs> it felt really important. It felt really important that you know, that, that I share my experience from a vulnerable sort of raw, authentic place about, you know, that my my truth of what relationships are all about and what it is to be a conscious man in relationship and how to navigate perhaps some of the, you know, really challenging, yeah, challenging experiences that, that we have in relationship because it didn't seem to me that there was an awful lot of information out there for you know to give women a perspective and understanding of what it's like for a man 
to be in relationship and go through the challenges of, you know, the emotions and so on, and, and also for other men to just give them a, a different model of what it means to be a uh, awakened man, a more conscious man, and address relationships in a slightly different way than um, than Hollywood would suggest that we do. This isn't going to be like a you've got mail situation from 20 years ago where uh, romance buds and then the people get together and it's a happy ending in the end. It's not like that in reality. And a lot of people, I think, think of that ideal in their mind that they should be racing off into the sunset with their significant other and that everything's always happy. What I find from experience, at least, from the people I work with or, you know, as, a, as an intuitive psychic or just in general in terms of my per, interpersonal relationships with people and close friends I have is so many people strive for that ideal, the ideal relationship that you'll have this instant connection at an early age and spend your rest of your life with this amazing person who completes you on every level. Do you have a, an opinion about that kind of mindset? <laughs> oh, boy, do I have an opinion about that, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I think it's, I think it's really sad and, and really dangerous because what that tends to do is that we always, you know, we all feel that we're that we're coming up short, that there's something wrong with us, and and then there's shame and and guilt and and, and all this sort of stuff which keeps us silent and stops us, you know, particularly men sharing the challenges that they're experiencing. So yeah, you know, my opinion about that is 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 it's just totally unrealistic and we're always going to fall short of that and you, you know the, one of the key the, the, something that's really important to me is that the success of a relationship is not dependent on its longevity but on how deep we travel and how much we heal and how much we transform ourselves and and come home to ourselves it's it's so much about the relationship with ourselves which is facilitated by the relationship with the other. That's my understanding of uh, you know, what the truth of relationships are rather than the Hollywood version. You know, the interesting part about what you just said, having the relationship with yourself and being, I, I see that as something very inter interesting to bring up because a lot of times when people deal with breakups, they want to rush right back in automatically thinking they need to find someone else to fill the void. And what I try to tell people, not like I'm some love expert because I'm not, but I always say that you should try to heal yourself with it and figure out what it is about yourself that you got to learn more about or understand before you dive right back into a complicated relationship, a love interest, because I just feel like people have to heal before they can go back into trying to you know, create another dynamic. Have you found anything from personal experience when you talk to people after your book is out now where people ask you about your personal story and, your, and your, what prompted you to write this book? And do you give them any advice about if they have a breakup, what they should do? Or what's your opinion on that? Jason, I mean, yeah, lots of people are, I think, one of the key things that people are curious about with me is, um, you know, am I in relationship or am I not in relationship? Because because the book is, you know, I am and, and then I'm not, it was, you know, it, it was on, off, on, off, we kept finding ourselves back together again. I, I, I'm not going to say too much about whether I am in relationship or not uh, with with a significant other because the primary thing for me is, is always that I am in relationship with myself. And often for me, I guess because of my backstory and what happened to me as a kid, um, it, 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 in the past it's been very easy for me to lose myself in relationship and, and lose myself in the other. So, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm always happy to, you know, the book is very revealing of my personal story. And so it's almost like expected that I'm happy to carry on where the book, you know, ends and, and let people know, well, you know, well, you know, what's the latest installment, Miguel, in, in your, uh, you know, romantic life. But the second part of your question about breakups, yeah, I think that's really important, Jason, that it, 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 it often feels to me like a relationship is like the practical part of, of uh, experience of learning you know we, we, we're doing the practical part when we're by ourselves we can do some of the theory and we can do some of the work on ourselves so let's say we're in a relationship and we see through the relationship through the dynamic of the relationship the areas where we're still wounded perhaps where we're still carrying trauma or you know where there's work for us to do on ourselves then if the relationship falls apart, you know, if it's just too intense, there's 
you just can't make it work, it's still been a blessing because it's highlighted to you those aspects of yourself that you need to work on. So then you can go away while you're not in relationship and do the work, you know, whether it's, you know, with a therapist or through workshops or through, you know, whatever medium that you want to do. But you, but you, you, the relationship has shone the light of consciousness on the wound, on the aspect of yourself, the shadow that, that needs to be transformed. So then you can go away and do the work if you choose to. Because if you just jump into another relationship straight away without having made any progress on the relationship within yourself, you will find that you attract somebody uh, that's kind of vibrating at the same frequency as the last person. And they, it will be a different story, but the same wounds and the same issues will be revealed and will come to the surface because they haven't been resolved yet. Does that make sense? It does. It does. I, one of the things I was looking at, because I want to ask you, I know members of our audience may understand the term twin flame. I'd like to ask, since mm-hmm. it seems like it's a part of your experience, if you could explain your own words, what you believe a twin flame to be. Okay. And I think that's really important, Jason. This is just what I believe a twin flame to be, because there's lots of sure. different ideas and information out there. Uh, for me, the important part about the twin flame is that we all have a twin flame within ourselves, which is the masculine and feminine or yin-yang dynamic within us. So that's one thing that probably needs to be said first. The second is that a twin flame can be another person, uh, let's say probably, it doesn't have to be romantic, I don't think, but in my experience, it was a romantic member uh, of the opposite sex that there was a, because that I was attracted to, and the difference between a twin flame relationship and a normal relationship is that it's it's intense, it's powerful, it's like the volume and the the energy is all ramped up massively. And what happened for me was that I asked the universe for her, for this woman to come into my life. I didn't realize that what I was what I was asking for. What I asked for was for the wounds that I had been carrying all my life to be transformed. I said, okay, I'm all ready to do the work. I'll do whatever I need to do. I'm not going to run or hide anymore. So bring it on. I'm ready. And then this woman appeared in my life. So everything became very, there was this super passion, this super intensity, this incredible attraction between the two of us. And that was kind of balanced by the degree of triggering and activation and you know, challenging stuff that was brought to the surface by the relationship as well. So it's a kind of like super intense conscious relationship. And I also believe what I hear other people talk about, which resonates for me, is that as a result of the relationship, something is born, like the divine child, something extra comes out of the relationship that benefits humanity. And my understanding of that is that is the book, Bring Him Home, A Twin Flame Love Story. For some people, it might be a project. It might be a charity that they set up. It might be a a class. It might just be their contribution, you know, in the local community. But something extra is born from the dynamic of the twin flame relationship. I think that's another important element of, of twin flame. That's a great aspect of what you just answered in, in terms of providing your own understanding because I believe strongly that everyone comes into each other's life for a reason, friends, family members, mm-hmm. romantic relationships, business relationships. And so part of your understanding, if I, if I want to you know, characterize it a little bit, is it's a dynamic that you and the other person, you and the other person identify on some level, but more importantly, it's a dynamic within yourself, that it's something that you can connect mm-hmm. with someone and connect with yourself on that conscious, conscious relationship level. And not only is it intertwined on that level, but you're also doing something that benefits society, be it a charity project or some type of mutually shared endeavor that can really help and benefit others. Does that sound like about what you believe? Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's spot on, Jason. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. What I find interesting as well, and, and, and I, I know people always come to me all the time and ask, will I ever find my soulmate? Will I ever find my twin flame? Do you have an understanding of the difference between the two terms, soulmate and twin flame, and if there are similarities between them, or do you see them as totally different aspects of 
uh, a dynamic between two people. Yeah, I, I'm not really sure. I, I can't really say that I have what I speak about and, and, and teach and share and so on is always it has to come from my own experience. And so I don't really have any experience of soulmate uh, as such. So I don't really feel, you know, uh, as if I'm the right person to really comment on, on what is okay. a soulmate. But with the twin no flame, we, 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 I can go, but I can talk for a while about the about the twin flame until the cows come home. But but for the, <laughs> the, 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 twi, the twin flame aspect is I sometimes get people that are a bit irritated with me because they believe that there is only one twin flame that there is that our souls were split in two and that when we came when we incarnated here and that there is one other half of our of our soul that that is our twin flame now that doesn't resonate for me because i feel that you know a bit like you everybody comes into our life for a reason there are gifts to be exchanged there are learnings there are experiences and so on but it seems to me that the, the, that idea of the twin flame is is just it's just a kind of new age add-on or embellishment of the sort of romantic Hollywood rubbish that you know we will meet another person that, that we'll meet another person and that they will complete us because that's just so disempowering you know it, it's it's ridiculously disempowering it's about us completing ourselves and, and, and the relationship facilitating that process. And then when you have two complete, whole, healthy, uh, you know, peace individuals, then you can start imagining the kind of magic that might happen when those two, you know, merge and come together through sacred sexuality or just, you know, just in their, in their being together. I think that's a very valid point. I want to ask for our audience because I, I, I want to make sure we're on the same page. When you reference the term conscious relationship, that mm -hmm. term might have a special meaning to you with your book. And I wanted to see if you can give us, in your own words, a breakdown of what that means to you in terms of how our audience should understand what a conscious relationship is. Yeah. So uh, there are a few sort of really key principles, I think, of, of a conscious relationship for me. And that is that, uh, you know, as, as I just alluded to, that, that people, both parties realize that the fundamental work that is being done in the relationship is around the relationship with themselves. So there is a sense of really taking responsibility for any challenges that ar arise. So instead of trying to change the other person when they are doing or saying something that irritates us or triggers us or activates us, we look inside ourselves and ask the question, oh, now, what is it about, you know, their behavior or their words that is, what has that touched inside me? What is it that this is illuminating for me to look at and address and heal? So it's that, you know, a complete turnaround from, you know, pointing the finger and blaming and trying to change the other person to say to looking within ourselves and saying, okay, this although this is uncomfortable for me, I am grateful for this other person and showing this and revealing this to me so that I can become more at peace with myself and I can let go of this trauma or this old wound or this self-limiting belief that, that I have been carrying. You know, that, that, that's the key part about conscious relationship for me. Uh, I, I can understand that. I want to ask you, with reference, you, earlier in the interview, you brought up your background. and I, I know for our audience, they would gain a, a better understanding, a richer understanding of your motivation for writing this book. If you could tell us a little about your personal background and any challenges you had to personally encounter that might have helped shape your, 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 view, your viewpoint for this particular book. Okay, yeah. I'll try and keep this as brief as possible because this is... Yeah, this, this could be a long story, but essentially, when I was very young, when I was seven months old, my mother died, and it was all very sudden, and, and so, you know, if you can imagine me as a, you know, a little baby, uh, was there with my mother, the embodiment of love, the divine feminine, um, and then all of a sudden, it's gone. So there was a, that was a, a significant trauma that I that I experienced. I, I had a similar trauma happen twice more before I was five. 
because my stepmother, uh, my well, not my step, my aunt. First of all, I was looked after by my auntie for about a year after my mom died, and then when my dad married and re- brought the, my siblings back together and the family back together, I was taken from my auntie. So I will have formed an attachment with her, and then again, I lost, I lost, you know, mother. I lost woman. I lost love. Then it happened again the third time when my stepmother gave birth to her own son with my father and she began you know we were treated very differently and all of a sudden you know she didn't have time for me anymore so there was this kind of third rejection abandonment of the shall we say you know of the divine feminine of love of mother so what that did for me was you know it just kind of lodged this trauma i i I have no mental memory of it what would happen when I when I was older? Well, I guess in between get, the, the getting older bit was my stepmom ended up being quite angry and there wasn't a lot of love about and she was violent. So I grew up with very low self-esteem, left home and sort of got lost in a very sort of shadowy world of drugs and petty crime and violence and homelessness and all that sort of stuff. In amongst all this, I was trying to have relationships with 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 women but what i found was that i was very needy and very insecure and very controlling and and really didn't at the time you know didn't understand what was going on at all but what was happening was that you know every romantic relationship that i had was kind of uh, sort of simulating this and bringing to the surface the same emotions of love and so on so there was this great although there was this great love and this great desire to be with woman. At the same time, there was, uh, there was a, you know, the wounded child in me was terrified that she was going to leave at any moment. So this, you know, plagued all of my relationships, really, you know, to the point of, um, you know, until I began to do the work and understand what was happening, why I was behaving the way I was, and why whenever a relationship came to an end, I was just so traumatized uh, was, it, it, because it, it just replayed the losing of my mother. It just brought all that, those unexpressed emotions back up to the surface. So this was the point at the beginning of the book, really, where I'd been married for, for 15 years. That had come to an end. You know, I'd had another couple of sort of longish term relationships a few years each after the divorce. And another relationship had come to an end and, you know, I'd been re-traumatized by it. And, and that was the point that I mentioned earlier in this interview where I said, OK, I'm done with this. I really can't continue living like this and carrying this wound. There is something in me and I, I, I tried my best to heal it. But, you know, perhaps I just need to deepen my commitment and just reassure you, God, that I am ready now to do the work. So that's the sort of short version of the, of the backstory, wow. really. I really appreciate you sharing that depth of, of vulnerability with us in the sense that I believe a lot of people who listen to this probably have very similar experiences where they've lost you know, their mother. Or First off, my condolences go out for you for an early age of having to deal with that type of a struggle and turning it around and healing from it and developing you know, your, your inner self to grow to where you are now. You're serving as an example for so many others who may have a similar background and experience and deal with those type of struggles. And I think part of the biggest thing for me in understanding how to at least have our audience, for example, gain a grasp of your true transformation and your true personal growth and your true ability of turning things around. Uh, to me, that's that's mm. enigmatic of a of a success story right there. Just the fact that you dealt with these personal blows to yourself and overcame on such a level that the average person probably wouldn't necessarily uh, looking at your book, they wouldn't see that depth. You know, they'd have to delve into it or delve into your background mm. and see that. I appreciate you sharing that with us because I think that really does set a very strong example personally of of being able to develop the right conscious relationship with yourself inside and and being able to overcome those insecurities. Because I think when it comes to a relationship, you really are. It's almost like you're, you're going up in front of a full-body mirror and not only just analyzing your physical self, but you're looking at your emotional makeup, your spiritual makeup, and how you really are on the inside. What, what's working within you? What's causing you to be 
insecure? What's causing you to have an inability to have that truly deep connection with someone else? And I think that that's you know, definitely something that's worth highlighting in this type of a discussion because so many people don't think that deeply. And I think when you're vulnerable, mm-hmm. you could really look at it from such a perspective that could really help a relationship. If you think about not only just the relationship with the other person, but more important, like you said, the conscious, conscious relationship with yourself having that ability to look inside and say, okay, what is it that I can do for myself to make me better when I get involved in that next relationship if it was to work out and what it is? It's not even about the success of the relationship. It's more about that connection and being vulnerable. Is that something that you would agree with? I'd agree with that totally, Jason. Yeah, yeah, I totally uh, I totally agree, yeah. It's it, it, it's sad, really, that there seems, there seems to be so sort of little information in the mainstream you know about the truth of of relationships because that there's such you know we we all experience trauma to to various degrees you know even if it's the trauma of you know being left the first day when you go to school and you know and and, and being having to go and leave you leave your mom for the first time or, or whatever there's all sorts of different traumas and, and unless those emotions are fully felt and expressed then you know, we're, we're, we're just dragging around, we're carrying around all these chains and, and all these, uh, you know, potential triggers and unhealed wounds uh, that, and, and that actually take up so much energy to, um, to keep them down, you know, to keep ourselves numb or, uh, you know, to keep ourselves busy so we don't feel this stuff or, because, I mean, you know, my poison my, my uh, I, you know, I ended up self-medicating. You know, I, I got very into, for the most part, it was marijuana and, and alcohol. But there was, you know, all sorts of different stuff. But, you know, later on when I look back, now that I look back, I can see that was just a way of trying to anesthetize myself and, and numb myself and sort of like keep a stopper on the bottle of all those emotions that were inside me. But, the, you know, we're, we're not taught, we're, we're, we're taught to... That, that to feel shame and guilt, and especially men, you know that that you're there's something wrong with you. You, you. you know you're not a real man if you feel these less comfortable emotions. So it, it all gets suppressed and it all gets kept in, and, and it ends up manifesting as physical diseases or you know the the mental health epidemic that we have these days. Uh, you, you know amongst our men, you know, and the increasing number of suicides. Because, because just because of the simple thing that we we don't understand the value of feeling, yeah, just that really of, of feeling, and, and that all emotions are valid and all have their place. That we have to feel them to release them, so that we are free of them. Otherwise, we are operating on a such a sort of semi-shutdown level all the time. Let me ask you this. An interesting point you just raised is, let's say, the masculine stereotype. Let's say we have somebody who's very masculine and is incapable of expressing their vulnerabilities. Is there any suggestions you'd give to someone who's listening to this? They just happen to pop into this podcast, and they're hearing us talk about this topic. What suggestion would you give to somebody who's ingrained in their mindset that they can't be vulnerable, they can't delve into their emotions, they can't become more in touch with their their emotional side, what kind of dynamic would you give that person if they're struggling to really feel the emotions they should feel in order to be, be able to go along this road and, and hopefully heal and transcend? There's a few things that come to mind when you ask that question, Jason. And, and the first one is, is I would just ask them to consider this statement. The greatest journey that you can ever make is the short distance from your head back to your heart. That is the first thing that I would ask them to just consider, because a a man said that to me maybe 15 years ago, and it was one of those little statements that for some reason just stuck with me, and I didn't get it for a long time. I sort of got it intellectually, but it wasn't until years later that, you know, when I was really doing the work of making that journey back to my heart, that uh, I really got it and realized, wow, yeah, it's such an important journey to make. Because, you know, because we, we, we're we taught that big boys don't cry. We're taught that it's not cool <laughs> to show emotions, that it's not macho. 
So we end up hiding away in our heads and we leave our bodies and our emotional center. We, 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 we leave, we, we abandon it. So to make that journey back to the body and to be, first of all, you have to feel the emotions that you didn't express. That was one of the first things that you will come up against when you make that journey. All the pain, all the trauma that you didn't feel, you will, you will revisit and, and consciously choose to express it and release it. Now, the gift of that is that then as those sort of layers of trauma are released, your heart sort of bursts open and you realize that you weren't really alive at all. You were living as a sort of zombie. And that, you know, that when you can begin to feel, yeah, you, be, you can feel pain, but you also begin to feel a joy and a bliss and a compassion and a, a connectedness with, you know, with other human beings and so on. And it's, yeah, it's just like it, it, it's just like you see the world through completely different eyes. So the rewards of making that journey, I would say, are are massive. Um, and I, I think the, the the other point is that I would say to any uh, inverted commas macho man that might be listening thinking, mm, yeah, I'm not sure about this. Just try it. Just just try being a little vulnerable and see what happens. Because when I wrote my first book many years ago, Stepping Stones in the Mist, Life Lessons for Overcoming Adversity, after I published it, I was, I, you know, I became quite concerned that, oh my God, what are people going to think of me and I'm going to be judged and but when you're vulnerable and when you reveal all of who you are, warts and all, you know, your, your brokenness, your, uh, your neurosis, your, you know, whatever it is, all of a sudden there's nothing to protect and there's, you, you don't have your defenses up. You can just walk through life with so much more ease because it's, you know, you, you're not, there's no hiding, there's no mask to, or persona to sort of maintain. It's just like a great big weight is taken off you. And, you know, it may be that some people might judge you, but then I would say that that's fine, that people are entitled to their opinions. But my experience was that most people said, oh, it's just so nice to meet somebody who's vulnerable and, and can, you know, can show their emotions and show that they are, that they feel, um, you know, broken and, and, and in pieces and struggling sometimes because it gives everybody else permission to do the same. Because the truth is we're all, you know, we're all living different versions of the same story. We're all hiding our brokenness. But if we, when a few people take off their masks and say, hey, I'm broken, everybody goes, oh, phew, you know, I, I don't have to keep pretending anymore. And 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 then there's a, there's a deeper connection and there's a, a compassion and an empathy and, it has the potential to transfer the, transform the whole world, really, this concept that we're talking about here, I believe. Absolutely. For me, as I'm listening to you explain things, and just in general, our conversation dynamic, I'm thinking of being able to be vulnerable is, is committing to yourself to take your mask off and show who you really are without fear of being judged by others and having the confidence within yourself to say, you know what, I can take my mask off and I can expose my vulnerabilities and I can be proud in that because I know that what I'm going to get out of that, the love, the true connection with others, the ability to have compassion mutually shared, and maybe have others, others say to you, I can embrace you because I understand what you're going through. To me, that seems like that's a lot more reward than risk than what an average person might fear. Because <laughs> I think it's the fear that holds us back and keeps us from engaging in real quality relationships with each other. Do you have any yeah, comment about yeah, that? Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I, I I totally agree. It's always it's always fear that holds us back. And what I would say is that you know in in the darkest places within us, in the places that we most fear to go, there always lie the keys to our freedom and to and, and to to our wholeness and our peace and, and, and love within. You know, it's it's the places that seem scary, but you see, I would say that a real man. It takes great courage to go to those dark places within yourself to be vulnerable. That that's that's courage, not sort of pretending and sort of concealing and hiding. That that doesn't seem like courage to me, because it, really the biggest battles that we do face 
are the battles within ourselves. You know, it's it's not easy, as as I know from you know going to the some of the dark places around the the trauma of, of losing my mom and so on. I was, it, yeah, I really, I'm really glad I've done the work, but uh, you know, I don't want to have to go there again because it was extremely painful to be sort of consumed in emotions and to be consumed in that trauma um, uh, as I was. So just this idea of what's strong and what is it to be a man and and what's courage. Uh, I like the term soft strength. I think a real man has a sort of soft strength about him. You know, there is a strength and and determination and, and it doesn't mean that he's, you know, limp and he can be... Uh, he's wet and he you know can be taken advantage of but he doesn't need to be strong and hard and rigid and prove himself all the time because yeah what you alluded to jason there's there's just that strength within himself that he knows who he is and he has nothing to hide and he has nothing to prove he knows that he is fallible he knows that he's not perfect and he's okay with that you know he's embraced his imperfection and, and accepted that. And, and there's great freedom in that, great freedom. It, it seems like it would be, especially if you can overcome one's fear of rejection, because <laughs> that goes hand in hand, I believe, in trying to forge a connection with someone else and also trying to expose your vulnerabilities is being afraid that should you become vulnerable to another person or to, to you know, just, just in general, that you'll be rejected. Yeah. How, did you, yeah. how did you overcome the fear of rejection within yourself? Well, the, the, yeah, I mean, that really is the, 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 a large part of the, the, the story of, of, of Bring Him Home, how it happened. And essentially, it really was, okay, so if I take an example, uh, an incident that happened in the book, we, we, my, sure. my girlfriend and I have gone, we've gone away on, on holiday. We've gone away for a long weekend together. And all hell let loose, and we, we, we fell out massively. And uh, we had this great big argument, and, and I said, oh, you know, we can't stay here. This isn't a holiday. Let's just go home. So on the way home, my, my girlfriend says to me, oh, I think I need some space. You know, I want, you know I'm going to go back to my place when, you know, when we get back because, um, you know, I don't know whether this is working for me. So I was thinking that she just meant for a short while, but she, but she said, oh, I need a couple of weeks. And that triggered this trauma in me. So what happened was after she'd gone, she'd, she'd gone off, I was just like a, a puddle on the floor but, and, and because all of this trauma and this fear of rejection, you know, had been brought to the surface. But what happened over a period of days was I chose to stay with those emotions and that, those feelings and not to get stoned, not to avoid, just to stay in the fire, if you like, of transformation and, and feel what I needed to feel, because I knew that this couldn't be just about my relationship in the present, what was happening. I knew that it was connected to the trauma and the the past wounds that I had. So as time went by over these few days, it was like there was this man and this inner child, and the wounded little child was just so, so devastated and in such a mess and so upset but gradually, because I, could, I, I kept getting these little glimpses of if this wasn't, if I wasn't wounded and didn't have this fear of rejection, it would just be a case of my girlfriend needs a bit of time because we've been arguing a lot and maybe we'll get back together and maybe we won't. And that's OK. You know, as the wounded child, it was like, oh, my God, she's gone. And what am I going to do? And, you know, will I ever live? And it's going to be so terrible. And, you know, I just want her so much and so much. So gradually, as the time went by, the man in me was more able to soothe the little child in me and say, hey, look, it's all right. This isn't about what's happening now. This is about what happened then. And that's done. And you don't need to experience that again. All you need to do is be brave enough to just be present and keep remembering that you will be fine. You'll be fine if if your girlfriend comes back that's great. If she doesn't, then that's okay as well. You know, you'll survive and you'll be fine and life goes on. So it was by bringing what I call the light of consciousness into the whole situation, into the realizing and and actually thanking my girlfriend and saying, 
oh my God, thank you for activating this wound so that I can release it and purge it and be done with it once and for all. So, you know, from the beginning place of, oh my God, you bitch, how could you do this to me? This is so out of order and so ridiculous to thank you. Thank you for, you know, thank you for facilitating this healing process within me. That was how I did it, just bit by bit, every time, because she kept leaving me, you see. Emotionally, sometimes she would shut down, and sometimes she would go, oh, this is all a bit too full on, I'm off. And every time she left, I could bring more and more consciousness, and there was there was less trauma every time she went. It was just more of a, okay, she's gone. And I didn't feel like there was this massive part of me missing and, you know, and totally incomplete by the end of the relationship. So when we finally went our separate ways, there was just a sense of gratitude that the work was done and there was no trauma at all anymore, no fear of rejection. It was, okay, great. So now it's time for me to deepen my relationship with myself. Thank you for what you shared. I, I will always love you, but it's time for us to go our separate ways. That's such an interesting point. Here's what I want to, I want to reflect on for a second because – I like the way mm-hmm. you, you just expressed that, and here's what I want to say. Sometimes when people get involved in relationships, they think if something doesn't go right in the relationship dynamic, it's something they did wrong. It's something that mm-hmm. was within themselves as a flaw, their vulnerability. That's like pointing the finger inward and saying, you know what, this person I did not connect because, oh, no, it's me. But the reality is it may not be you at all. It might be the other person dealing with a recent trauma event, traumatic event, or a recent setback or something within themselves. It could be job stress. It could be all these variables you don't know about. Yeah. And I don't know yeah. if you have an opinion on that. It, to me, it sounds like you're coming within yourself and understanding yourself and, and, and having the ownership of that kind of thing. It, it reflects the understanding that sometimes it's not all about just us in a relationship. It has to be the other person's flaws and, and their own insecurities that sometimes might shape whether or not your your connection with them can really be maintained or not. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a really valid point, Jason. And yeah, because it, it's kind of like it's so interconnected. It's like you know, I believe that we 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 we're attracted to the people that we're attracted to because there is a mutual benefit in you know that can be um, achieved through the relationship. It's not like she was just doing the work for me. I mean, you know, and catalyzing and and, and uh, triggering these wounds for me to heal while that was going on for me the same was going on for her because her wound was when when she shut down and left and so on or emotionally was unavailable i would find myself getting quite angry or quite loud or quite emotional now she'd had experiences of, of, of a quite an angry emotional father that so she carried some trauma of that so the, the, the gift for her was for her to be able to not shut down and stay open and recognize that Miguel's just a bit pissed off at the moment. It doesn't mean, you know, it, this, it, this isn't about my father and me being vulnerable and not knowing what's going to happen and feeling small and, you know, and, and all that sort of stuff. So there's always this interconnection, yeah, and, and it's for us always to remember that yeah it, it, it's it's so complex really there there are so many different layers but yeah while we're dealing with our own trauma at the same time not giving ourselves a hard time about when somebody else is upset and being able to see okay perhaps i it would have helped if i hadn't shouted but her reaction is so extreme because of her own trauma because of her own wound and there is it's her responsibility to meet me I will do my best not to get so emotional, but she needs to do her best to stay open and, and to not shut down when when that you know when those uh, situations arise. That's a very valid point. I want to ask you this: Why do you think so many of us struggle with relationships in our lives throughout our lives? Not just one stage of it. It's not like when we're teenagers we struggle. We struggle the whole life. Mm. Why do you think that is? Primarily because. The world teaches always, us always to look outside for everything. You know, if something's not right, we need to change jobs or we need to earn more money or we need a different car or we need a holiday or a different house or to live in a different place or to have a different partner. 
the truth is, of course, that real change is always an inside job. So, you know, if we were just taught to look within ourselves and how to heal the relationship with ourselves and the dynamic of the masculine feminine energies within us, then, you know, because we're looking in all the wrong places. That's why we struggle with relationships, because we're looking to heal it and change something on the outside, because the outside is just really a reflection of our inner world. So, if, you know, it's like, it's like trying to change what you see in a mirror by adjusting the mirror. You just, you just change yourself and what you see in the mirror that automatically changes, doesn't it? So I think that's one of the key, one of the, the key reasons is that, you know, we're not taught to look in the right places. That first, that all our external relationships are just reflections of our inner relationship. If we are at peace with ourselves and we are whole and integrated and there is a union of the divine masculine and feminine within us, everybody that we meet in our lives well the people that we have intimate connections with in our lives will reflect that and everybody else they they won't trigger us or activate us because there's no wound for them to touch and the the the, the I, I just need to add on the end you know the other reason why we struggle is yeah we're just not given the information and we're actually given a load of erroneous information and misleading information, you know, from the, you know, from the Hollywood movies and the media at large. It's, it's riddled, riddled with, you know, with false messages. You look at the whole uh, advertising, you know, it's like, if you wear this deodorant, you'll have a fantastic relationship. You'll, you know, you'll, you'll meet, you know, you'll meet the right, this beautiful woman and, you, you know, she'll just, be in love with you forever it's all you know if you drive this car if you wear these trainers if it's just we've yeah we've been sold a load of rubbish really that that it's got so little actually to do with the truth of relationships that's why we those were the reasons why i think we struggle and it's, it's a miracle that we manage to engage in any sort of relationship at all really but bearing in mind the uh you know, the education, the learning that we have, that we're exposed to. Sometimes I believe that the relationships we have in our lives and we struggle through are meant to teach us a certain wisdom <laughs> that we take with us wherever else we go. Here's what I want to ask you. What's the most important thing that you personally have found from your journey that you would want to share with others that they should be aware of if they want to have a successful relationship? Number one, focus on your relationship with yourself. And remember that every external relationship is just a reflection of, of your relationship that you have with you. So that, that you know, that, that's the real big thing. It's like, you know, where, where am I not accepting myself? Where am I not embracing myself? What, are, what, what am I ashamed of? Where, where is there guilt? Where are things that I'm hiding that I don't want other people to know? Look, you know, look within yourself and, we can often find the origins of, of those wounds in our, uh, you know, in our childhood. It's invariably in our childhood. And so I, what I often say to people is, you know, learn to be the, the mother to yourself that you wish that you always had. You know, learn to be the perfect mother to yourself and learn to be the perfect father to yourself. And that, you know, that is one of the really powerful ways of healing that relationship with yourself. So I think that's probably the, the yeah, the most important thing. And, uh, and of course, I would have to add, uh, you know, schedule a, a sacred masculine healing session with me because I will be able to catalyze and shed lots of light on uh, what's going on in their relationship. Can you share with our audience? exactly the type of stuff you can help the audience with should they be interested in reaching out to you because that's always something I like to share on our episodes. How could they reach you and what type of uh, guidance can you give them on a personal level if they yeah. wish to reach out to you? Thank you, Jason. Yeah, uh, it, They can find me. My website is the first place that I would suggest people go, which is just miguelDean.net. You can connect with me on Facebook and the you know it is about conscious relationships that's the work that i do on the surface it's kind of like seems like a conversation it is a dialogue but what tends to happen what my experience is that 
because of the journey that I have traveled, I can very quickly see into the shadows of the client, the areas of denial and the areas that they can't see themselves, uh, you know, where they are sabotaging, where, you know, where things are going wrong in their relationships. So it's, you know, invariably people who are struggling with relationship, who would like some light shed on it, people who are struggling with their, you know, perhaps with their relationship with themselves or who realize that they want to deepen and uh, strengthen the the masculine-feminine relationship within them. Those, you know, those are the kind of people that, that I usually work with. That's great. When you refer to the sacred masculine, can you explain a little bit about that further for our audience in case they don't know what that term means? The sacred masculine is a, a, a relatively new model of masculinity that is, uh, that is becoming more, more prolific and, and more well-known. Because I think most of us can agree that the current model of masculinity is is pretty dead. We we realise that it, it's inadequate. It's not it's not the full spectrum of what it is to be a man. It's uh, you know it it it's it, 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 it's run its course. And, and and we need something new. We need to, we need to look at a different way of being. What it means to be a man. Now I would say that all masculinity for me is incomplete and uh, without the sacred. Now, the sacred for me is the, the realization that, you know, that there is a bigger picture than what we can perceive with our senses and that we can comprehend with our minds. There is so much more going on, uh, you know, in the universe uh, that, that we just can't, you know, the, 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 the data that can't be uh, picked up, that can't be processed by our, you know, the, the, our ears and our eyes. So, it, in our, you know, in our senses. So the sacred element is very much that, okay, you know, there's a lot more going on than I actually know about. And, it, and I'm just a little small being in this, you know, infinite universe. With the, there are probably multiple different levels and layers and dimensions to. The sacred masculine is a man who has a deep reverence for the divine feminine, uh, whose embodiment is woman. You know, this uh, just awe and, and just an honoring of, of, of woman, really, uh, that she is the bringer of life, you know, that life manifests in her womb and, you know, and is brought forth and the whole sort of feminine energy of creativity and, the, you know, the sexual energy that is creative energy that is embodied through woman. So there is a deep reverence for woman that the sacred masculine has. He is a man who is not afraid to speak his truth and is guided by his internal compass rather than society's ideas of what is right or wrong or, you know, just because it's the norm or just because it's, you know, considered to be the way we've always done things doesn't necessarily mean it's right. And so the sacred masculine uh, uses his internal compass to decide the direction that his life takes and, you know, what choices he chooses to make in his life. And I guess perhaps, you know, that I could talk about this for a long time, but the, but the last point I would say is that the sacred masculine recognizes that the whole of humanity is part of his fam family, that everything is interconnected. And so it's not just about looking after his immediate family and his kids, he has a care and a responsibility for how can I contribute to the global family? How can I contribute and, and make, you know, safe, make it a safer, more beautiful world for all the children, for all the women, for, for all of my brothers, all of the sentient beings? So, you know, he has a deep responsibility and a connection and, uh, with, with the whole of humanity and, and the, whole of, the whole of the planet. Those are some of the the, the key aspects of uh, sacred masculinity. Excellent. I'm looking at your site, and I want to make sure our audience knows that they can reach out to you, not only for one-on-one -on -one with adults, but you also do youth mentoring. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, I do work with, with young men. That's kind of like what I did for many, many years before life took me in, in this direction. So it's it's a part of probably what, what I will always do. Yeah, I, I still work with young men. Um, I've got a men's sharing circle uh, tele-webinar that's happening this evening, uh, and, and I, the, the timing is going to be out, but I'm just sharing that with you, because yeah, sure. two of the young men that I mentor are actually coming on the, into that men's sharing circle, which I'm delighted about. That's great. 
That's great. Can you tell us, as, as we're closing down this, what exactly happens in a sacred masculine healing session that you provide? Yeah, on the surface, it's, it would probably seem like it's a conversation. Yeah, it, it's a conversation. And, and we, we start with, you know, what is it that the person wants to heal? What is it that they want to change? Uh, you know, what do they want to become? What do they want? What, what do they want to be different? Now, with my, uh, I've, I've become sort of highly intuitive, and I, I have this sort of sight where I can see the blocks because, and I can see the sort of the places where people are stumbling. It's, I, I, it's kind of like a detective work for me in a way that I suppose because I've, you know, trodden the journey myself. I can illuminate the path for those who want to walk that path. You know, I can sort of shine the light behind me and say, this is what we need to do now. And I will be there to support you and hold you accountable and identify the areas and the things that you need to change and illuminate for you areas that perhaps that you just couldn't see uh, where the roots of some of your issues come from. We normally always end up talking about childhood. Uh, you know, wounds, uh, traumas that, that have happened, and just showing once people are aware of where the root of their problems are, then you can start pulling it up by the root and transforming it with consciousness and doing things differently and, set, and speaking differently even. Because I, I often find an awful lot out about my clients by the language that they use, and the, the, the things that they are doing in their lives. You know, uh, my radar is kind of like super alert to picking up and seeing where they are tripping themselves up and where they are, you know, doing themselves an injustice. So it, that's the, that, you know, that's essentially what, the, the way that it works. It's a safe, sacred container. And when people feel really safe, then they kind of relax and open and whatever it needs to come to the surface, comes to the surface to be healed and transformed so that they can um, deepen the inner marriage within themselves and therefore have more harmonious and loving and deep relationships and connections with others. I love that. <laughs> We're running out of time, unfortunately, but I do want to thank you for coming on to the show today and sharing your new book and just your journey and your experiences with what you've encountered and being able to help facilitate assistance for others to gain greater understanding within themselves. And I think it, I think your message is so powerful because we do deal with relationships on a daily basis within ourselves. And the fact that you've managed to take your personal struggle and turn into something that you can use to help others, not only with your, within yourself, but then also to share what you've gained is transformative for anyone who's interested. And I, I highly I just want to thank you for coming on our show today and sharing your story with us and your journey. And any any message that helps facilitate love, understanding, compassion, I think is a healing message for all to learn and should definitely be something we should check out. So for that point, I feel honored to have you on the show as a guest. And I, I just, I really, really like your message and what you're seeking to do. Anything, you know, if you, if you come up with, uh, as you have other books come out and stuff, please feel free to reach out to us because I'd love to have you back on. Thank you. Thank you, Jason. Yeah, it's been a real pleasure to to, to be with you today. And uh, yeah, it's always an honor, you know, to be able to share my story. You know, I, I see it as, a, you know, all the, the difficult things, they are gifts, you know, I've turned them around. They're not, it's not poor Miguel. It's like, wow, you know, what a blessing to have been through these experiences. And, and they are gifts. They, they've made me who I am. And they've, you know, they've given me the skills and the, the tools to be able to be of service to my brothers and sisters. So, yeah, Absolutely. I feel very blessed. And, uh, you know, I, I, I hope our conversation touches a few hearts and uh, perhaps a few folk will get in touch and we can go a bit deeper. So thank you for making Absolutely. that happen. <laughs> thank you so much for, for putting this out there into the universe and, and for letting us get in touch with each other and, and for appearing on the show today. You're most welcome. Yeah, you take good care of yourself, and thank you for the work that you're doing as well, Jason. Thank you, sir. <laughs> All right. Have a good day. Thank you. All right. Bye for now. I just want to thank Miguel Dean for coming on the show today. Uh, Bring Him Home, a twin flame love story. It really does touch on a lot of topics that I feel like our podcast brings into focus on different intervals through different episodes and different guests that come on. The one thing about this I'll share 
We're all vulnerable. We all have fears inside ourselves. When you end one relationship, you end a chapter of yourself. And whether or not you return to that person or if you realize that that connection just isn't there anymore, it takes a lot of courage within yourself to put yourself back out there, to circulate yourself, try to formulate that connection with someone else. And uh, I think that's a lot that we struggle with on a daily basis, especially in our interconnected age, when you have your smartphone in your hand 24-7, and there are so many dating apps out there, and there's just so many opportunities for you to speak and communicate with others. Yet, so many people, I think, feel isolated and alienated in our age of interconnectedness. You can have a phone, you can have an app, you can have an opportunity to speak to somebody, but should you have your own inner doubts and fears, that connection may never form. And that's something to keep in mind. And bring him home to me reflects the journey inward that you can grow within yourself and have the courage to become vulnerable and reach out and expose yourself and, and overcome your own fear of rejection and isolation and vulnerability to actually be authentic and true to yourself. And with that, I think Miguel has really crafted a great approach. And I, I encourage anyone who's interested in learning more about gifts of a conscious relationship or the ability to overcome your own interior struggles so that you can hopefully develop that better connection and understanding to those you care about. That's the key. I really want to thank Miguel for coming on. His website is MiguelDean.net. Check him out. He's got a lot of interesting information on here for women, for children, you know, for adolescents, I should say, for men. Uh, definitely check this stuff out. Check out his book and uh, delve into this a little more. It's worth it. I definitely think it is. We're all on our own journey. And that's what I think this is probably the most important thing to keep in mind is our journey. We're all there and we're all going through similar things. And if we can overcome our own ability to be vulnerable to ourselves and be more confident over time, I'm very certain we can formulate a deeper, intimate connection with those in our lives that matter most and to actually escape the codependency model that so many of us have been plagued on in the past when you have that common relationship that just doesn't seem to go very far over time. Again, I want to thank Miguel for coming on the show. I thank each of you for tuning in and listening to these episodes. Should you have any questions about this particular episode, you can reach out to Miguel Dean directly. As I said previously, his website is www.miguelDean.net, and his new book is Bring Him Home, and it's a twin flame love story. Thank you so much. Until next time, don't hesitate to reach out to, uh, to me at info at the letter D, socialpsychicradio.com. You can also check us out on social media, Facebook. Uh, we're going to be building up the YouTube thing over time, as well as our Instagram, and uh, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Social Psychic Radio Show. Don't forget to join us for another episode next time. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes. You can also check us out on Facebook, and don't forget to visit the Social Psychic YouTube channel. Until next time, it's a big world out there. Keep an open mind, embrace your paradigms, and know that the universe is always yours to explore. Are you looking for that perfect gift to express your appreciation for your loved one or bestie? Well, look no further. Royal Susie offers one-of-a-kind designs with genuine high-quality crystals, stones, and the most precious of metals that are guaranteed to satisfy the urges of your inner king or queen. Each piece is handcrafted with love and is sure to inspire and captivate all. Indulge yourself by visiting Royal Susie's website at www.royalsusie.com for splendid items like agate bookends, impressively crystal-studded bottle stoppers, and beautifully handcrafted nightlights that will charm every room in your home. Royal Susie's featured collections will truly delight your guests and always make them feel welcome. Any questions? Contact Royal Susie directly by email at royalsusiedesigns at yahoo.com. With the Baker's Plus card, it's easy to get lower than low prices. For the win! Earn fuel points on every purchase and save up to a dollar a gallon at the pump. The Baker's Plus card. All you do is win. Big, big savings. Sign up now at bakersplus.com and start saving. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. 
Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Bakers, fresh for everyone. Ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with Electricast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Rafelson. We're the founders of Electricast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join Electricast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to Electricast.com and join our community today. Electricast. Transform your influence. Electricast. Electricast. Welcome to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonize your mind, body, and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together we explore vibrations, frequencies and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing today. Electric Acid. 